the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. AJ, with me is the brilliant Game Master 32, a.k.a. Kia. Hey guys, how's it going? As ever, this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and things from the offline game which are of interest to us, including uh, we've recently had a bit of a chat with the Q&A, um, with the MCGO team, the people behind the uh, online game itself. Um such luminaries as uh, Lee Sharp and Ryan Spain. A, um, uh, before Lee Sharp was at Wizards, he was a regular online. Um, before Ryan was at Wizards, he was a uh, contributor to the site at which this podcast is being uploaded. And before um, Walt Walpert was at Wizards, he was winning the Pro Tour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, several key players. Um, I think there were like something like 13 employees at one point logged on uh, participating either in the gunslinging that was going on and also uh, contributing to the questions that were being asked. And there were quite a few. Luckily, all that information has been condensed and we kind of get to look and we've got some highlights for you as long with a link to the complete transcript for the event. Yep. I do recommend um, checking the link in the show notes. It's um an excellent, entertaining read, and you can definitely tell how much the uh, people really do care about the um, program and uh, want to see it succeed. I mean, this is pretty much a, uh, a known thing. I mean, some of these people um, I knew and spoke to long before they even joined Wizards, and um, they've carried that through pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the, looking at the content, just some of the information, I like. I was a little worried that this was going to be mostly um, just kind of political stump speeches. Like we would get a lot of them talking without really saying anything. Yes. Um, and in some cases we did get some of those. They're like, this will be here and that will be here, but we can't give you any further information about that. Um, like I know Worth talked about how important it is to eventually work on getting the Power 9 online. Um, yep. But we didn't have any information. And he, probably because, he, you know, A, he doesn't have the authority to say when. And B, it's not fully planned out yet. Um, well, they're saying that they will one, one day will be online is in itself a uh, – um, I think it's the first definite statement we've had that they're coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm not positive. I've seen people – I've seen some people say no. He said he said guaranteed once before, and the people said no. But there is – he did definitively say that Power9 will be online sometime in the future. I think they I really mean, just want to protect the mystique around it so they don't want to put it out in a way that's going to cause them to – be essentially worthless because it would be kind of a downer of power now just like two tickets each um in some sense but you know and it is kind of, it is kind of um it did say that once that genie's out of the bottle we can't put it back in yeah exactly you can't you know unsqueeze a tube of toothpaste mm-hmm. you know you can't put it back in it's the same way so um, the question is do we want um, them to be the price of force of will or do we want them to be affordable and playable by everybody yeah 
I would like to see somewhere in between. Like, it'd be nice if they had a little bit of value, because it is, they are really cool, and, you know, for new players coming online, even, you know, especially if you play the paper game, you know how, you know, mysterious they are, but I don't want to see them at forcible prices. I don't want to see any color at forcible prices. Yep. Um, because I want people to have access to them, because if they don't, then those formats aren't playable. So I'd like to yeah. see, you know, them accessible to the player base if they want them at an affordable price, but not like some of the cards that have come back and then just like they're worthless and stuff like that. Kind of sad because you're like, oh yeah, I'll go get those for twenty cents. I don't know. There's uh, nothing wrong with having a um, really awesome card at a really cheap affordable price. Yeah, so that's what, and that's what I said. Somewhere between twenty cents and a hundred dollars. That's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, but I wouldn't buy their arm off at nineteen cents. I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> that's just too sad. In other news, uh, they claim that leagues will be back at some point in the relatively near future, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I love I love the fact that they finally just scrapped the notion of putting. They're like, we'll begin development on this, and it's like, no, you'll we'll get them back in some way you recognize sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which I think we all assume, um, because I think if nothing else, they're tired of fielding that question. Um, because it got asked about 700 times during the Q&A, and it gets, you know, about once a week there's a new forum post asking about leagues. It just comes up all the time, and I'm sure if nothing else, they know how much the player base wants it back, and they will get it to them. They just have, you know, priorities, and uh, they have to organize it that however they do. But, yeah, we will get them back sometime. The other thought is that they do want them back, because it's pretty much... Um the best chunk of a decade they've had without them, and uh, that's a lot of money which they haven't had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know they've got to see that there is a chunk of the player base that doesn't typically play in tournaments or sealed events uh, that would play in those. And it's a good way to eat up packs in the system, uh, which is a good thing uh, for, for Wizards and for us. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great... To be churned. It's a great middle ground between um, tournament play and more uh, and a more casual setting, because... Um, um, you get a seal pool, but it's not all at once. You can you choose when you play, and that in and of itself is um, very helpful for those on a more um, constricted schedule. It's great for um, the demographic who tend to play Magic Online, mm-hmm. busier people. Yeah, it, it really fits into to two of their great demographics. A, people who don't have a lot of money to spend on the game because you can get so much uh, play and practice out of a league, um, which is good. And then also, yeah, like you said, those people, you know, a lot of Magic players at this point have been playing since the game. They got two kids and a mortgage, so they don't have the free time to play a lot. So they need to be able to catch a game, and it's a good way to still play competitively on your own time. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing which is coming up um, for those who haven't been following the news on the mothership, uh, they've been rearranging their um, columns a bit. Uh, building on a budget is um, finally getting the boot. And there's going to be a new column uh, purely about uh, MTGO and the uh, uh, fast-evolving metagame on it. We uh, await with interest what that column will contain in detail, but uh, it's a good step in the right direction, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Jacob Van Lunen, who was writing the uh, Building on a Budget column, which is now being scrapped, is going to take that over, and it will be on Thursdays on the Mothership, which actually works nicely because it will coincide with uh, Mike Flores' article that looks at the broad MTGO or MTG metagame as a whole. So that'll be a nice little day to check out uh, to get some information about what's going on as far as magic goes, both online and offline. 
Mm-hmm. So that'll be exciting. Yep. Um, a few little tidbits about uh, the next version, which um, Worth was actually typing on the beta thereof whilst he was uh, in the chat. Um, it will allow chat windows to be pulled out of the program. So if you've got multiple monitors, you can chat in one, play in the other, and stream live video on YouTube on the third. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool little feature, um, and nice to know that the the updated program will be a little more customizable as far as where things can go and what you can do with it. Um, so that's nice, mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll facilitate increased chat because I know with the current version that's not always present. Um, I know personally I chat a lot more on the previous version than I do on this one just because it's so difficult. Yeah. For a number of years, there was a huge community which uh, battled through everything from Chuck's Virtual Party to uh, the crashes at the end of V2 itself. But it just wasn't very easy typing in the new client. And that community just, um, it hasn't entirely gone away, but it's a lot quieter than it was. Yeah, it's it's just gotten harder. Hmm. Um, Another little bit is that there will not be any more pre-Mirage sets released in booster pack form, so don't expect uh, to get to draft you know, Arabian Nights, Antiquities, Legends anytime soon, um, or ever. <laughs> but that they w- they are looking at some non-booster pack products that could work to get the last random cards onto Magic Online for those people that would want them, uh, even though they've kind of covered most of the playable or programmable cards that are available. Yeah, I mean, you've got things... Exception of the yeah, you've got things like um, uh, the flip cards, the dexterity cards, um, and of course the anti cards, which uh, uh, infest the previous sets um, quite thoroughly. But um, on the other hand, no homelands drafting. Exactly. Um, but for people who are completists, I think they'll eventually find a way to get just about everything, other than other than the unsets, uh, the dexterity cards like Falling Star and Chaos Orb. And then, yeah, anti-cards, you won't get jeweled birds or contract from belows. But other than that, I imagine they'll try and find a way to get every card, even if it's just, like, you know, deck builders, non-essentials, all the rest of the junk <laughs> that you can buy for, like, $5. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, not so much Master's Edition as Chaff Edition. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, Uh Regrettably, player-made cubes and custom pack drafts are not going to be possible in the current infrastructure. No real surprises there because the current infrastructure is, um, is what it is. Um, a pity about player-made cubes, but uh, hey, at least we got their cube. It's um, it's a good start. Yeah, we have a cube, and it obviously will you know it will change over time, so that's good. It's not set in stone. So, uh, you know, it's something, and it's understandable, you know, that, and I like that we just got a strand, so like, you know, we can't do it with the current uh, build, the, the way the system is set up, it's just not possible. So I like I like d- definitive answers, whether it's yes or no, it's just to get rid of that amb- ambiguity, yeah. nothing else that helps, because you can either move on, you know, you're done with that issue, so that's yeah. Let your yes, yes, let your no be no, let your leagues will come eventually, but not in the foreseeable, be your... Um... Uh, as little as possible, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. An interesting one from Gordon Culp, a comment he made when addressing a question about deck size limits, that that's not going to change. It's still capped at about $1,400 $1, cards in a two-player game, 
Uh, but then the comment at the end that's interesting is the new client will support binders in the collection that can contain up to 50,000 cards. So sounds like a setup to where you'll be able to have individual binders so you could put junk in a trade binder, um, which would be nice because then you could just put actual cards. I think it might it'd be really good for actual trading on Magic Online, um, mm. like in the traditional paper sense of going through someone's rare binder and picking out these cards because you could have an actual binder of cards that people use and want. And you can have a chaff binder that you can just, you know, let fester forever, occasionally let bots tear apart, and then actually use a functional trading binder so that people don't have to sit there and sift through your 87 copies of, you know, Pillar Field Ox or something like that, along with all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So that'd be that'd be really nice. I think that could the if there are true like binders that you can set up in that way, I think that'd be really good for actual trading to begin occurring in higher levels than it is now. Big if, though. We are speculating here, so uh, we shall uh, wait and see what exactly it entails. Yeah, that's, that's taken you know, from the context of a single line written by one of the developers. So, yeah, but cool. All right. Um, that's kind of the highlights looking over the chat. I think that's pretty much all the noteworthy stuff. There may be some other tidbits in here in there, uh, but we've posted a link that uh, Bubba has provided that contains the complete cleaned up version of the chat, so if you wanted to go through it in detail, feel free to check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, M13 is still hanging around. By this time, it's probably going to be just about completely spoiled. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at 221 out of 249, so that is just about done. And we just want to pick a couple of quick highlights. We're going to AJ and I will each talk about our favorite reprint so far that we've seen and then our favorite new card that we've seen. So, AJ, what do you got? I'm very fond of uh, Sarah Avenger, the two-mana, 3-3 Vigilant Flying Angel, which um, uh, has a time limit on when it can be played. Um, It's a fun card. It's um, great for uh, more controlling builds, it's a solid evasive threat, which you could leave a lot of mana up to uh, protect and or support. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, that's a good one. And yourself? Uh, for my reprint, I think it just has to be um, Battle of Wits. I was really excited to see this card back. I know it may sound kind of stupid, but it's a, it's a fun card to me, and there's not many cards I'm like, oh, that's just cool. And I might also be partially biased from winning... Uh, my state championship like a billion years ago with a Battle of Wits deck um, when it was reprinted in what was it ninth, ninth edition I think yep yeah so somewhere there thereabouts um, I actually built a like, 260 card Battle of Wits deck um, at state and and won my state championship um, with it so that maybe make me a little impartial but it's a fun card and you get to play just a wacky wacky deck um, which can actually can still do pretty well. Interestingly. And what about your new card, AJ? What you got? Oh, I'm just trying to remember which one it was I was uh, thinking of. Um, Yeah. um, Take one. um, Let's uh, go for um, Wild Guests. Because um, 
uh, a two mana draw two cards in red um, for the cost of discarding a card is just it's a lot better than we've got previously yeah that's it seems like a really potent card uh, for red I agree that's a good one mm-hmm. you like it for mine oh sorry uh, for mine, I would have to go with a s- almost reprint, um, but not quite because of a few words. Uh, they're a little bit different, and that is Master of the Pearl Trident. This dude is basically Lord Atlantis, except he does contain the nice little words you control. So now, um, it's other merfolk, merfolk you control get plus one, plus one, and have island walk. Um, which gives a lot. Like a lot of two drop lords to uh, the merfolk. We were talking about this before, but you have now Master of the Pearl Trident, Lord of Atlantis, and Coral Helm Commander, um, which can all function as lords at two drop. In addition to, you know, the Regeray, um and the other three drop lords. Like merfolk can be, I mean, they're already a good deck uh, that's playable in uh, older formats with your massive amounts of lords in combination with like Curse Catcher. Um, and others, but it's a nice little addition. I like, you know, it's it's cleaned up as far as the language goes, so you don't boost your opponent's merfolk, which is nice, just in case. And then also they took out, you know, the real world reference to Atlantis, which they try to do whenever they uh, make those cards. So. Well, in as much as Atlantis is a real world reference. Yeah, you know, well, not not native to the multiverse. I don't think Atlantis is in the lore of the Dominaria. So. I believe they tried twisting it to Atlantis, which is. Um, not the world's greatest uh, way of putting it, shall we say. Yeah. And I was not aware of that. Interesting. All right. Okay. But, uh, you know, there's a lot going on um, in the set. There's a lot of new cards um, and old cards, and it should just about be completely done. So we've posted a link to that if you want to go check through all of them. Uh, be our guest. Mm-hmm. All right. The Magic Online Player Rewards for July. Um, have been presented to us. Uh, we get a new cycle of lands this time. Uh, we're at that point where we change, and we have the Scars of Mirrodin alternate art basic lands. I had never actually seen these before. These are pretty sweet looking. Yeah, a, uh, yeah, Swamp and Plains. I like those. Yeah, there's um, quite a nice... Uh, they have a slightly... Um, otherworldly feel to them. Uh, they don't really feel very... Um, is it Mirrodin they're after? It's, I mean, it says Scars of Mirrodin, but like it's not... It doesn't quite look it, but also I don't know the story of Scars of Mirrodin, so I don't know what totally changed. Like I know before in the original Mirrodin set, all the lands had a very metallic feel to them, a look to them, like the you know the yeah. lanes with like their metal grass. Um, so it does look very different. I mean, looking at these, um, it doesn't look it doesn't look very mirrored in these at all. I'd say more it was um, uh, Alaran, if anything. Yeah, like that tower, for example, on the plane looks completely out of place <laughs> from mirrored in. So. Yeah, it does look very Alaran, mm-hmm. as does the geometric shapes in the water for um, uh, for the uh, yeah maybe. Esther. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is a typo here. Maybe this is supposed to say uh, Shards of Alara Block Lands. Hmm. Could be, or they could just be um, 
Well, they're by John Avon, so they look great anyway. Yeah, exactly. They're still beautiful, <laughs> regardless. Uh, okay, and looking ahead, the Tier 3 and 4 promo, we have Grill Guildmage. So a little play here and there. Sometimes a good card. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tier 5 and 6, we have Leatherback ba- Baloth. Uh, Always fun. The uh, 3 green mana 4-5, mm-hmm. which is pretty hard to deal with. Yeah, uh, you know, tough mana cost, but if you can get them out, you know, pretty potent. Tier 7-8, we have an alternate art Auromancer. That that seems really out of place and weird at Tier 7 and 8, personally, but... Yeah, this is a card which has been reprinted quite a few times. Um, but I can't really complain about the Tier 9, 10, and 11 one. Nope, I don't think anyone can, because it's pretty sweet, and that is an awesome alternate art Celestial Colonnade. Yep, if you like beating down with a vigilant land. Yeah, a very you know a very playable uh, multicolor land um, with some sweet art. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a, that, that's nice. Like that's the most important I think is to make sure that the top end promo is actually something that's really worth trying for and trying to get. And that is definitely the case. It's very playable. It's a good card, um, and it looks sweet. So. Even if you're sneaking in something not quite as good in the next one down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. That's good. Okay, other promo news we have. Uh, the July Friday Night Magic card has been made available, and, you know, most likely Thursday Night Magic Online available card, and that is uh, Forbidden Alchemy. Yep. This is the um, uh Flashbackable, uh, slightly more expensive intuition variant, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or impulse. Right. Impulse, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah flashbackable. Begins with I, gets you cards. Yeah, flashbackable intuition would not be a good thing. <laughs> okay. No, but it's a, you know, it's a good card. It's seen some play. Um, and it is in, in Innistrad, right? So we still have it for quite a while. Yep. It looks good. It's good for a year, so. Mm-hmm. And that's good art. Although it is interesting to notice, because I think there was a discrepancy last month, because I think the, the June FNM promo uh, was Acidic Slime, but I, but for Thursday Night Magic Online, it was Sakura Tri-Builder. Mm-hmm. So we did see a split there between the two, which we haven't seen in a while. So this may or may not be the Thursday Night Magic Online card. Technically, it may or may not be the July FNM card that hasn't been confirmed as of this recording. This is yeah. from the rumors. So... so- we're, this is a card which may or may not be um, a promo, may or may not be online, but it's definitely a card. Yeah, it's a card, it's a promo, and we're just, but we're just speculating as far as when it comes out. Mm-hmm. All right. Talking of speculations, how are the prices doing? Well, uh, taking a quick look just at the some of the M13 reprints, because we have so many of them available now, and... Doesn't look like they made a, a huge impact on a lot of cards. There are some that were up there that are coming down, and most of those are the former mythics. Um, well, not former mythic cards that have now been reprinted, um, like the Planeswalkers, for example. Um, we have you know Chandra the Firebrand, Nicol Bolas Planeswalker, Garuk Primal Hunter. They're all currently in the Oh, and Jace Memory Adept, like seven to eight dollar range. Some of them were probably a little bit higher, um, but have come down since then. 
uh, with the announcement of the reprint. Uh, Vampire Nocturnus is another good one. He's around $6. So we're seeing a lot of those prices come down. Others, if you you know really wanted to practice and try and get some of them now, are pretty available. Uh, Sarah Avengers under a dollar. Tolmine Scripts about a dollar. Query and Dryad another one about fifty cents. Yep. Do you reckon there's scope for um, uh, Dryad Grow in the modern standard or no? I would I would like to think so. I'd like to dream. Um, if nothing else, for the brief period of time that you have Phyrexian spells available in conjunction with Query and Dryad. Uh, seems like something, you know, because you can just, you have the, uh, the tax, you have the taxing probe, dismember, just all these free spells that you could easily use to, to cheat with Dryad. Uh, yes. So, that'd be my thought. So, basically, turn two, play the Dryad, uh, end of opponent's tep, loot, uh, end of opponent's, um, turn, lose half your life, and swing with something giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, between, you know, the, all the cheap spells, you have, like, the, the ponders and, Type spells. There's just a lot of there's a lot of good like cheap blue spells right now that could work with it. You know we don't have gush or anything, but uh, I don't think we ever will again. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason it was banned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know some of them you're kind of just hanging out. Really nothing over ten dollars now, and probably some of these prices have already come down. But you know some old valuable cards that you may not have wanted to spend the money on are going to become available, uh, like Gilded Lotus and Mutilate. Now that they'll yeah. be reprinted. And potentially have another chance to shine. Yep. That might be one of my favorite things about the base sets is, is it gives them a chance to go back over and look at some cool cards that maybe are good in a vacuum or interesting in a vacuum and could could do some cool things, but because of the nature of the environment that they existed in the metagame, they didn't get a chance to do what they could. And this gives those cards a chance to come back and maybe have a bigger impact than they did. Yeah. And things like the Crow's Memorial and uh, Gilded Lotus are both uh, major commander staples as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely helpful to to get those formats some juice. Um, so, yeah. good stuff all around. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we'll go and jump into our question of the week. Yep. What's your favorite M13 reprint, and do you already own it? Uh, so in my case, you know, I said Battle of Wits, and yeah, I do actually. I have my, I've had my playset forever, um, just because I do, you know, card a special place in my heart, and you know, it's like ten cents, so it's not too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd go. I mentioned Sarah Avenger earlier, but um, one card which has always been close to my heart, at least in um, mono black decks, has been Mutilate, because there's something quite like, um, uh, say, if I'm running a demon deck, um, drop a nice early 6-6 uh, threat whilst my opponent swarms, uh, swing with it, connect for damage, and then wipe the board and leave it alive. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, definitely a nice plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, okay, so let us know your favorite reprint, and do you already have a copy? You know, did you sell them off in anticipation so you can get more? Do you hang on to them because you're never going to let it go? Let us know. All right. AJ, uh, what you been playing? I'm never quite sure how to pronounce this, but it's either Lycid or Lycid. Um, ran that in the tribal event with all the black and blue Lycids, or Lycids as you prefer. I know, uh, in, uh, with... here in Texas, we definitely say Lycid, but... Here in Texas, we say things kind of funny, so you can disregard yeah. that. 
I mean, I know the original um, variant was of lice, so uh, I don't know whether it's um, yeah, I don't know which way it's going really. Um, yeah. They're tricksy little things. Um, the fun thing to do is uh, say block with them and then uh, put them onto the attacking attacking creature and uh, um, say it's uh, the uh, take off one life during uh, upkeep one. Um, just leave it on there for a bit. Uh, dominating Lycid is the obvious house of the deck because being able to take whichever creature you want at will is ridiculously powerful. <laughs> that seems a little good. Yeah. Um, I ran this with a um, a bit of a, a fairly hard lock uh, using um, Leyline of the Void... Uh, web of Inertia and Mists of Stagnation. Leyline of the Void prevents any cards from uh, going to your opponent's graveyard uh, and, of course, can be played as with all Leylines um, at the very start of the game for free. Uh, web of Inertia is a three-mana unless your opponent removes a card from his um, graveyard at the start of his uh, attack phase. He can't attack you. Ah, okay. Yeah, that that would be a lock. Which is really fun in Commander. And Mists of Stagnation is uh, permanents don't untap. Um, you may untap a permanent for each card in your graveyard. Ooh, that's just mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, perfect for when your opponent's just tapped out and you've stolen the creature with a, uh, a dominating lizard. Um, <laughs> yeah, that works pretty nicely. Yep, only lost to the guy in first, so I uh, can't really complain. Right, and that nice. was only after mulling three cards twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. That's very impressive. Mm -hmm. As for myself, I kind of looked back to try when I set the ride out, and I realized that I've kind of just been playing a little bit of everything. Um, I played in a standard event. I played in Thursday Night Magic, which was modern. I've been playing some four-pack seals. I've been playing some drafts. I've kind of just been making the rounds and playing like a little bit of everything. So I don't really have a you know a good answer for what I've been playing other than a lot of magic, I guess. Um, you know I was on vacation, I was out for about four or five days, and was completely cut off from the world. So kind of just jumped back in uh, whole hog on that. So pretty much, um, what have you been playing? All of it, yeah, all the games. What you've been playing? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I believe that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in let us know about those M13 reprints and we'll catch you next week with more news alright, all the best, see you then later